0: Welcome to the ARC360 podcast brought to you in association with BASF, BMS, CAPS, Copart, Emacs, Integral, Enterprise Rent-A-Car, Innovation Group, Merca, Nationwide Vehicle Recovery Assistance, SNG Response, and Sherwin-Williams, as well as our partners Aztec, the Green Parts Specialists in DASA and Prasco UK. Please do check out any of these businesses for any of your automotive claims, repair, or supply chain needs. Welcome along everybody to the ARC 360 podcast, the first for 2022. This episode, published in January 2022, is very fitting for this month's core theme of sustainability, sponsored by eBay, which sees us catch up with Lee Johnson, Managing Director at Independent Repair Out for LD Auto Vogue, based in Norwich. A thriving business, everything changed in the middle of last year when the business experienced a fire. Thankfully, No one was injured, but the whole episode has not only proved a real challenge physically and psychologically for all involved, but so too has it been a real eye-opener in many respects, from the initial shock and survival mode-like mentality to the learnings of business insurance and work partnership. In this episode, Lee explains and shares with fellow business owners just what the disaster has meant for the business and what he's learnt along the way. Enjoy the podcast. Okay, great to have you join us today, Lee. How the devil are we? Very well, thank you. You? Good man. Yes, I am very well, thank you. Very well. Well, let's make this a... Hopefully, uh, there's a lot to be learnt from this conversation for sure, and it's not all, you know, uh, niceties, because there's plenty no. been happening with yourself. So it's uh... I suppose really a little bit of a scene setter really yourself there LD Auto Vogue I mean uh, you joined us on a webinar previously and we've been chatting really ever since and yep. seen the development evolution of the business and things were going very nicely for yourself so just kind of set the scene for us in terms of you know what what is LD Auto Vogue and what was happening with the business yeah
1: well LD Auto Vogue I set up when I was 19 very small little one-man outfit and grew and grew over the years. Twenty-one years later, moved into the old Lotus F1 building. So had a lovely facility, thirteen thousand square foot, fifteen members of staff. And then dealing with a lot of work providers, doing some good stuff, doing some quite high-end cars as well. Yeah, making a bit of a name for LD Auto. Though. You know, we were we were flying. You know, it's good. It's good.
0: And and the mix of work within the business previously. Yeah,
1: absolutely. We were dealing with asset management companies, insurers. Um, they were pro- probably predominantly our main work but we're also doing a lot of stuff with high-end cars supercars which probably seen on our social medias and stuff car clubs racing teams we had such a mixed bag of work we're still out actually um yeah it's going well mate
0: good stuff and yeah as i say you know i'd seen you uh seen the business um evolving and and you're getting involved in in linkedin and social media and publicizing the business and hey you know looking in Great setup. Now, we're using the past tense a little bit here. So uh, those who don't know, something changed on uh, in, in the summer of last year, 25th of July. Just give us a little bit of a, an insight into what that was. Yeah, normal
1: day. as a Sunday. Me and my girlfriend, Michelle, were then, it's about 10 o'clock in the morning. We, we were literally then going to go out for a walk. I had a telephone call to say, Lee, better get to work your buildings on fire. I was like, well, you're joking, aren't you? You must be joking, um, thinking it was a joke, and thought, there's no way. And then he was like, no, seriously, mate, you need, you need to get it. Jumped in the car, turned up into the estate, saw like six fire engines, loads of smoke bellowing out of the building, and thought, wow, literally couldn't believe it. It was like, this isn't happening, is it? You know, a sheer panic. Yeah. Like, yeah, we had, we had a big fire, mate. Try to—I couldn't believe it. Fire officers obviously wouldn't let us anywhere near the building. Didn't know what was going on. Just literally standing there in shot, watching them, um, watching the the building burn. Basically, thinking, "Holy, sh-
0: you know, God, you
1: know, what yeah. can I do here?" But
0: yeah, it's just panic. Hey, it's that moment that you never think will happen to you. These things yeah, happen. Always happens to other people. Yeah. yeah, absolutely. And so you're, you know, th- thankfully Sunday morning. Place was. Closed, nobody yeah. around. Yeah. So kind of you know that that's obviously a blessing in that sense. But you say you you kind of just stood there. I mean, what what is the you know initial reaction? You know, is it head in hands? Is it speak to yeah. the fire officers? And you know, what's going through your mind really at that point?
1: Well, I I, I can not believe it. I thought we've just come through all the COVID stuff and all the you know the the issues our industries face. Yeah, it's been a hard time. Come through that. We we're up to maximum capacity, probably or even more, like hundred and thirty percent pre COVID level. Everything's really good. We think we're right, brilliant, we're you know, we're we're now on the turn. And then to be faced with that I just thought oh, what on earth is going on? You know, it's absolutely gutted. Straight away obviously thinking how how has it happened? You know, if someone yeah. set a light to it, it's how is this happening? How on earth does that happen? I'm trying to, I, I remember trying to ask the firefighters some questions, and obviously they don't know. They're just trying to get it out. And all you can smell is this real awful, like burning plasticky type smell that literally makes your eyes water. And it's black. you just see black toxic smoke coming out of the building, out of the bottoms of the doors, through the windows, through the side, uh, through the roof, because it obviously burned a big hole in the roof. Just thinking wow and the the, the fire, there were so many fire engines there i said to the like the fire commander i said how come all these fire engines are here for, for this and he said well trouble is he said if your building goes up completely because of what you do as an industry with the cars chemicals gas he said we'll have no chance of putting it out um uh-huh. we'd have to just let it burn itself out but our job then Will be to make sure it doesn't spread to all of the other buildings on the estate because that was the real fear so you could see with their fire engines how they're like positioning them ready to to, to start getting the other buildings ready i couldn't believe it we just Goodness me. honestly it's like a scene out of, out of a film
0: and so you've had that initial i suppose moment where your mind's all over the place you kind of you know you don't know which way to turn You obviously are pretty helpless in the terms that you're just stood there and and the firefighters are doing their thing. What then starts to kind of fall into place, if you like, and and which way do you start to turn? I mean, you know, where does the advice come from? Is this all off your own initiative? What bit for comes first and what do I need to do?
1: I mean I I just needed them to I open the door because in my mind i'm thinking that won't be too bad do, you know you, you're going to worry it's not going to be too bad. it looks worse than it is Yep. so i'm waiting for them to open the roller doors so we can have a look inside you know and i'm thinking you don't worry you know just it'll be all right then i'm thinking right where where is my insurance paperwork you know what what do i do have i got it on the phone you know okay. what do i do you know, that went on for ages, and the firemen, they really were good. They were asking us loads of questions, you know, all the normal. Have you got any enemies, any annoyed customers, whatever, trying to rule out arson, of course. I was like, no, no, nothing like that at all. And then they eventually sort of smashed the doors open, and we could see. But probably you couldn't really see anything. All we could see was just black smoke, dense black smoke and just carnage uh but like where the fire was in the corner and i thought Bloody, what was in that corner then to have done that but it's all i could see and then they put these fans in that rapidly got the smoke out and got it to a level where we could go back in with them we weren't obviously allowed to just go in on our own we have this like whatsapp group chat for my guys that work for me you know i put on there while, while i stand there guys We've got a problem here, so send a picture of, you know, what's happening. And they all came down. Laura is who, really good and sort of accounts manager was like, yeah, the paperwork for the insurance. That was all right. It was a little bit of smoke damage, but it was okay. It was like, what to do in an emergency, trying to find that sort of thing. And we did, we found it, put through to a, like a loss adjust or whatever. And, um, they set the claim up and, uh, yeah, that was it really. And they came out Monday, but that's skipping quite a lot actually. So yeah, as soon as the fire officer said, "Right, you can go in," they started asking us loads of questions, of course, and they have to hand it back over to us, but they have to make sure it's are safe. And then they sort of said, "You know, it is it is bad, it is bad." But they were so empathetic with me because obviously they could see us in distress and stuff. And they kind of they know us anyway because we're in a small village and they, they know us and know what we do. And they like, you know, you'll you'll get through it. You know, you'll you'll rebuild. You, you'll get through it. Right attitude. You'll get you'll get through it. And they then sort of signed it all off and signed it back over to us, and we're just like me and my guys were just looking in there thinking, "What now? Let's Where do you pass- start? Exactly, what do we do?" And we like done the old British thing, went to one of our other places, got a cup of tea on the go, and then thought, oh boys, what are we to do here?" That's like, "Well, let's just get on it." So we literally—I'm not joking, mate—we literally got on it. We literally got all the cars out of the workshop. It was 18 of them most of the total losses and whatever literally got them all out then started getting all the real damage stuff out because our main goal although the fire brigade said you're probably best off closing down going home let the insurance deal with it That's, i couldn't do it mate it's like not us so we're like, all right let's get let's get on this boys let's We've got all the cars out, all the damaged equipment out. Still the smell of smoke, obviously. It still does now, mate. Four or five months later, it still smells of smoke. And then we had an average So so right, everything's out now. We could see how bad it was. All the boobs were all sort of rippled. They still, they were all intact, but you could yep. see the badly smoke damage. And the fire was kept to a corner of the building, luckily. And there were so many miracles in that fire. Obviously no one was hurt, the main thing, miracle. There's a miracle that someone happened to come onto the estate when they did, to see smoke coming out and then raise the alarm with the fire brigade. Another miracle, because no one ever comes here normally. Another miracle is a little fire station, like a retained fire station, not even half a mile from us. Now, there's no one ever there. It's like a retained thing, but they were doing a training exercise that day. What are the chances, mate? So they had like you know there's quite a few fire engines there so they were there within minutes there were so many things the smoke was so the fire got was in the corner of the building but it burst the water pipe and that kept the fire the flames under control so that it kind of kept the flames to the the corner of the building if you like the damage was i mean it's total destruction of the building it's got to be knocked down rebuilt which it is on the 4th of Jan we hand it over officially but it was like The smoke that was caused is what caused all the damage. So the smoke got up to like 800 degrees and melted everything, not through flames, but the sheer heat has melted everything. And because this smoke had like acid in, or critic, I think they call it, I'm not too sure of the term, but the smoke was really corrosive. So it got onto every single metal surface and has corroded it. Like there's things in there now, mate, that look like they've been dug out of the sea. You know what I mean? And they were new things. For example, tins of paint. Sickens tinners, for example. New backup stock, yeah, but they're new. But you look at them, mate, and they'd look like they have been dug out of the sea because the smokes just corroded everything. So all the, all the equipment is knackered. Um, even things that look like they're working won't work for long because all the circuit boards inside are all corroded where the smoke got in. It's total destruction, mate, you know what I mean? But the miracle is it it wasn't bad enough to, like, close us completely. So what we did, we got everything out with them. Literally, we worked overnight, mate. We, we tried to make do and try to clean up everything best we could we managed to get a water supply for ourselves and connected it to a hose and we were cleaning and stuff we're doing all this mate overnight on a sunday night you know what i mean then start again monday and we were like wow we're all tired and knackered what have we got to do boys we've got to we need some kind of electric supply in because all the electrics are gone we need lighting because they're all melted and they've got electrician who temporarily got us an electric supply in so we done that, then the water supply. So we went down to Groove bought about three million extension leads. We just started running everything off these extension leads. There's like extension leads everywhere. It looks like a kiddie's playground, mate. There's obstacles everywhere. We like, that's one thing. Luckily, the free phase worked, so the compressors were working. All the booths, or both booths didn't work because melted wires and carnage. Phone up Spray Booth Technologies, who fortunately they're not too far from us they're in Sudbury they're really cool they came up and sorted us out got both booths running i had to spend a bit and they're, they're knackered the booths they're they're actually we've got new ones coming of course SDL but um they got our booths running we oh. were like, this is, uh, it's like like a miracle you know and then um on the Wednesday bear then mind it's Sunday on the Wednesday we're all totally done in and um, but we were we painted the first job on the Wednesday. We were painting it then, and we were kind of operational up to probably only thirty percent productivity, mate. But we were working on the Wednesday in a burnt-out building with all that carnage going on. But we were there. We started turning out cars again.
0: Wow! And and that was the mindset all along, was it? It was basically yeah. just to get production yeah. going again.
1: Absolutely, and. You know, the, the loss adjuster came down from my insurer on, on the Monday, suggested, you know, you need to close, you know, you need... You know, I've got this thing called business interruption insurance, so it kind of pays for things while, while everything's sorted out. It pays all the wages and whatever. And that would have been so easy for me to just say, yeah, boys, let's just, we'll go home, we'll leave it to the insurer, they'll deal with everything, and then we'll reopen next summer. You know? yep. No way could I do that. No way. My my chaps were the same, or most of them. You know, and we just we just done it, mate. Incredible. I can't awesome. believe it. Really. We're sitting here now to think what we've gone through. Now it's just a miracle. Honestly. And
0: we'll, we will come on to where you are now. Hindsight's a wonderful thing. Forgoing, obviously, the fact that there was a fire and you would never have had a fire in the first place, but would you have done the same in terms of what you did, I just take those days just to go at it and get and get working yeah. again? You, you wouldn't change yeah, a I, thing about that.
1: No, no, because that's what we do. We've got these continuity plans and all this sort of stuff. We all have to have as kite-marked body shops. You have to have a continuity plan and they audit you on and all of these. Yeah, we had a thorough continuity plan, but that's all all like what ifs, you know what I mean? What It's what you would do in an ideal world. Yep. And I think it's more just a tick box exercise, really, for, for audit purposes. Because for us, we didn't really do anything that was in our continuity plan. We just done what was needed to, to get done. And I wonder how many people's continuity plans, you know, if you put them to the test, would they do anything? You know, will, will that get you through? I doubt I bet it wouldn't. You know, ours it was just think on our feet and sort it, and we literally did, and yeah. So I I wouldn't change how we got over the fire. We're far from over it, but you know what I mean. How we dealt with things up until now, I wouldn't have changed a thing, and mm-hmm. I'd do it. We'd do it again, and I know my guys would do it again as well.
0: Good yeah. on you. Well, that's, I mean, hey, uh, you know, that that in itself is is great to hear because you've obviously seen and are looking at sort of, you know, dare I say it, the positives to come from it, whatever yeah. that might materialise as or, or you see it now. So, so we are several months on now. Yeah. How have things sort of developed between, you know, that initial we're back up and running and at least doing something to where we are now well that
1: that's the sort of story in itself that is we're up and running in my mind i'm still thinking well we'll get all this sorted we'll be we'll be up and running back to where we were within a month you know i'm thinking the building will be all right you know replace the the roof get the decorators in get the electricians in this will all be fine you know i'm thinking that yeah there's a few cars out there that are damaged or whatever but we can sort that and clean and we'll be all right so i'm thinking that right so we keep on all our work providers we keep them all on we keep switched on i kind of played it down with them all to a point with, with everyone so I didn't on that getting out because i thought no we can work through this and we can we can make it like look like it was just a bin fire in the office you know what i mean we'll get we'll be all right and we were we were doing really well but as the as the time went on as the days went on the weeks went on and the insurers were sending more and more experts down to assess the damage, you know, the building people and everything like that. It started to get worse and worse and worse. And they were like, well, no, that's knackered. You know, that's knackered. You need to, we can't have that. You need to redo that. And then the f- I was thinking, wow, this is this is going to take a long time to sort out. This is a big problem now. Mm. And then... Um, More and more things were coming. We were trying to do more work, and obviously we couldn't. The guys were coming up with more problems. This piece of equipment don't know where this piece of equipment don't know where. So productivity started to slow right down. We're thinking, oh no, this is getting worse and worse. And then the building surveyors come around, and unfortunately, Total lost the building. I didn't think they would. I thought, oh, they're just able to replace a few things. Because of the heat with the smoke, the building steals in the roof of the building. So in my, in my mind, eh? I'm literally just thinking, oh, I could decorate, you know, that'd be fine. But no, total destruction of the building. We're getting more and more work, not being able to do it. My absolute goal from that, the day of that fire was like, we can't switch anyone off. We do not want to switch anyone off. A, we don't want to let our work providers down. We never have. We didn't want to do that we just got back after COVID and capacity and stuff. And I thought, this is the last thing we need right now. But as it went on, we had no choice. We had to almost throw the towel in. We had so many jobs on site. 2,000 hours worth of work that we needed to get done. That was what was on site and what was booked in. Then when we the we can only work 30% or whatever. something we had to switch everyone off. We really didn't want to. But they understood. You know, we had a fire. It wasn't our fault. You know, they, so mm-hmm. they understood. So we said, look, guys, we'll... We're going to need to switch you off. We don't need any jobs that we've got on site and any stuff moved that's booked in. We, we don't need it reallocated. We will do it. Whatever happens, we'll do it. The other fortunate thing, we've got another building on site that wasn't in the fire, but it's quite small. It's like 2,000 or 3,000 square feet, so it's small. So I thought I could work out of there. We've got uh, one of those temporary booths that David Utton does. Yep. Um, smart repair shop or whatever it's called real good like they're they're a self-contained oven with a mixer on the back real good thing and it sits outside real neat piece of equipment actually. so we got one of those arranged which has only just turned up four four months later it's literally turned up and that guy I was in speaking to is a guy who just commissioned it As from when this is done we can now start using it so now we switched more off start getting through the work realized that that was going to take us with how much we could do realistically to catch up until middle of December wow now we gave our customers the option especially the ones that were booked in the mobile ones we said look we've had an incident we can still repair your car but the lead time is going to be quite ahead what do you want to do 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 you want us to still do it or would you prefer to us to get your insurance company reallocate it to another repairer there was a few mate there was a, a small few that wanted it reallocated who couldn't wait easily 95% of people wanted us to do it and said no problem we'll wait so we told the builders we can have because they want to get on and rebuild the building so uh, we said we can hand you over the building on the 4th of january so we'll be out of the building stock and barrel 4th of jan where we can then work in unit 13 with that that temporary booth. That's where we're at now, mate. We've got probably a week or so's worth of work left, and then we're fully caught up. And then our goal then totally gut the building of all of our stuff, and then hand it over to them to knock it down and rebuild it. I mean, they've already started to knock it down. Actually, they're already in there doing bits, but they're going to go flat out in January. And weather permitting, as long as the weather's all right and it's not too harsh a winter, we should have it done by sort of end of March.
0: Amazing, amazing. And then, and then, so in the meantime, that kind of couple of months window, you'll be fully relocated to the, the smaller unit yep. that you're operating yep. from. You've got your yep. external booth, and you'll be taking work now from kind of back back in from work, uh, from yeah, the work suppliers yeah, and stuff.
1: We're, yeah, we're speaking to um, quite a small, select few work providers. It's hard to say because it's a bit unknown at the minute. I reckon we're able to probably sell thirty percent of what we were doing over there because of the the space that we haven't got. So we need we need around about thirty repairs a month, 30, 30 to forty repairs a month. Hopefully up until March, we've kind of secured that. So you know we're we're, we're quite happy.
0: Um, that's great. Managing best you can, aren't you? You finding solutions, are, and that's yeah. you know. That's what we are. Oh, I say we. I They use that term, but that's what you know. The repair industry is renowned for. You, you, um, you find Pretty ways robust. to do things. So, yeah. uh, hats off to you. So, a little bit kind of on that. Um, I suppose relationships. You know what you did there in terms of how you managed. You know your work suppliers, work partners, and also the people in the business. I mean, there's obviously been a huge shift for for your team and behind everything. Ultimately, you know all the physical bits and pieces are these relationships and they are key to any business so how have you kind of managed and what has been the impact of the disaster on those around you teammates peers business partners all this kind of stuff you know how have you have you been through phases where it's kind of you know been beating you up massively as i'm not so wouldn't be surprised and then other times you're thinking actually i can see the good in this now and
1: yeah mate. i mean i think i've been through like every emotion there is you know, sometimes I've been like, I can't do this. You know, this is one thing too far for me. Then other times I think, no, you know, we can do this. We're going to be all right. And I think around about like probably August, September and October were my bad times. They were like, oh, there's just no end to this. You know what I mean? There were so many obstacles. I've got such a good team. I mean, everyone says this, do not they? But it's true. I've got such a good group of guys that now work with me. You know, I probably had six... Six people decided to leave. You know, I wish them all the best. Got no grievances against them, but you know, they've kind of gone to other repairers. And but the die-hard ones that I've got left, we're like a family. You know, it, it really is. We're really we're we pulled together. These guys, hopefully, will be with me forever. You know, because they're they're that good. They really are that good. So our relationship that's really brought us close, close as a team. Yeah, work providers. Um... A few, yeah, they've been all right. Well, I won't speak bad of anyone in particular, but I kind of, through all this, kind of realised that we are just the repairer to a lot of work providers. You know, I'm not going to name names or, or whatever. Where I thought we had... Sort of good relationships with certain people. I now know that it was only because of what we were doing for them and the good job we were doing for them. You know, they haven't asked us how we're doing, they haven't been down to see us. A few of them have, but this is suppliers as well as work providers. A, a few of them have surprised me how good they've been. I have realised how harsh the industry actually is. Now, I know there's a lot of blowing and smoke and all that kind of stuff. And, everyone bigging up each other when times are good but what about when times are bad you know, never you never hear about that do you we know with a lot of our work riders we now realize we are just a repairer to them and there's plenty of us a bit unfortunate that we kind of think that but i thought we had good relationships with all of them but yeah a little bit surprised that they've uh, i mean they started to not reply to emails you know i was updating them with progress on what was going on and it's almost like they didn't care so a bit bitter about that one mark <laughs>
0: yeah but you know again flip side of that i suppose it's brought to the fore and highlighted perhaps you know, the opposite side of that coin, i.e. those who moving ahead, i.e. you know, you know, and your sort of limited capacity. Are they the ones who come top of the list and they're the ones you exactly, kind of start to yeah. cater that's, for? So. That's
1: the other thing. We've certainly realised who who we want to work with and who we don't. I think we fell into that trap that a lot of body, body shops fall in where they, they kind of think, and I did for, for years, that a busy body shop's a profitable body shop. is not always the case very rarely the case and it was all about volume it really isn't i've now realized you don't need to be doing 26 pound an hour jobs 27 pound an hour jobs you just don't need to do it you know and waiting forever for your money and all of the bad sides you don't need to do it because there's work provision out there for decent work providers that care that genuinely care and there's enough of that so yeah we've sort of i was all always about just getting every contract we could filling the place up with work that isn't the way you know i don't want to what well, a volume's important of course but i don't want to be like that anymore you know what i mean i want to i want to I would really evaluate who we work for come next year that there is going to be a big twist about us in march we can't kind of say at the moment because a bit of a touchy touchy subject at the moment for a few other people but come march there's there's going to be a twist that's going to shock a few people oh um, look at
0: you dangling the carrot stop it <laughs>
1: I think a few people will be very surprised,
0: okay.
1: um, but it works for us brilliantly. But yeah, all will be revealed, Mark. <laughs> it's a good thing.
0: It's well, real... it sounds like it sounds like we've got ourselves another conversation in March, doesn't it?
1: Definitely, mate.
0: Yeah. <laughs> oh, fair play to you. Hey, and you know, you know that that sort of realization, those moments of clarity, whatever form they may take or <laughs> however they may come. You know it's it's one of those things isn't it? and and sort of you know fair play to you for uh for from taking the time to kind of you know reflect and because it's you know as you say it's very easy in that in the day-to-day you just do what you know and, and do the same thing so exactly so, that's so, the thing getting a rut don't you're you getting a rut and yeah but, we've, we've had a big oh, the fire was bad news
1: very very bad but giving us a serious plot twist yeah made, and as many as many good things have come out of that fire you know what I mean? That it really, yeah, it's hard to explain. We were having a conversation, weren't we, before we came live. It really has changed a lot of things, but in a good way. Yeah. A real good way.
0: Now, well, that's good on you. And that's Crazy. the way you've got to view uh-huh. these things, isn't it? Absolutely. Yeah. Um, so, you know, we we sort of previously touched upon hindsight being a wonderful thing. And, you know, obviously failing actually preventing if there was any way shape or form that you could off the fire in the first place let's kind of put that to one side but could you might have you done have you learnt about the business that you might you know kind of flag up to other business owners out there who you know might think hey a fire is never going to happen to me you know let's not even think about it the
1: main thing i've learned is about insurance now, not who we work for that sort of stuff but who we're insured by and this is a big lesson that People need to know, especially independents. They're probably like me. You get your insu- you renew your insurance every year. They ask you some generalised questions on the phone or whatever, or you fill out a form. You're just doing it quickly just to get it done. They then send you your insurance policy you might read the first page and then that's it you don't read all of the small print who does but it isn't until you need to claim that things get tricky especially on a big ticket claim like obviously mine was the first thing the loss adjuster does when when they come round is before they've even looked at the building or anything they get your schedule of your policy out and it's it's almost like the vat man's at your door uh, the like slight scary stuff and they go through and they're like right you've got this have you done this have you done that where was this have you stored that there have you... all of this kind of stuff and I'm thinking oh, I haven't mean, even read that and they're like where do you keep the waste where do you do all of this sort of stuff and um, I'm thinking right blimey and I'm just saying yeah 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 of course yeah 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 yeah, of course do all that and then we go over to the building first thing I do look where the fire is of course and then they go round, and this is the biggest thing I've learned from this and they add up every single thing that you've got that you own as a business everything that you've insured whether it's damaged or not they add it all up so say say for example your your sum of insured plant and machinery you have insured it for 500,000 but it comes you've actually got a million pounds worth of gear but you've uninsured it for half a million, you're effectively 50% underinsured. So they'll only pay 50% of whatever claim you make, irrespective (laughs) of the stuff's damaged. So say for example, you insured 500 grand's worth of stuff, but only 10 grand of it was damaged. Because you're totally 50% underinsured, they'll only pay five grand. Now, who knew that? You know, I never knew that. I now know what an asset register is to make sure this stuff doesn't happen. I never knew that. When when they say, oh, how much plant and machinery do you need to cover? You know, I've never like worked right. Two boobs come to that amount, the compressors that amount. I've just winged it and guessed it. half oh, a million, whatever. Luckily, I guessed it the right side. Luckily, but it was more luck than judgment because she was saying like, yeah, you know, this, that, and the other. And I was thinking, but that's not even damaged. Well, or do you need to know how much that's worth? Like stuff that was in our other building. She was like, oh, well, you need to know. And then she explained all of that. Blimey. I was like, God, I don't know. And like their office equipment, you've insured it for 15 grand. And then you have to price everything. And just, I was praying that that came into that amount. And luckily I did. And that was just luck, mate, you know. So that's one big thing. Make sure you insure you for what you've actually got. Don't underinsure. And then she said to me, She's really good actually. She's from Sedgwick's, the loss justice. She said, uh, she gets this all the time. And then she said, I guarantee the first thing you're gonna do is when you go home tonight, you're gonna check your home contents to make sure that you have insured the right amount of stuff. And that was what I did. You know <laughs> what I mean? Because I thought I'm not I don't want to fall for and Then I tell told, told my friends that are in business and yeah, I never looked, I never knew that. So then they we made sure they're insured for the right mates because you never know. I don't know there's silly things like make sure the waste is outside waste is 10 meters away from the building and, and they measure it. They measure it. And luckily, ours was like 11 meters or something, but, but I didn't know. I honestly, I didn't know because I just was quite blasé, but insurance. I just thought, well, fully insured for everything.
0: But really, really, not. I mean. Interesting insights and fascinating messages because dare I say it and sweeping generalisation, but we're probably all guilty of it in one way, shape or yeah. form, whether it be you know business insurance, car insurance, or whatever. And it just goes to show. I should have come unstuck so easily. Yeah,
1: you know, it was more luck than judgment. You know, we, yeah, it was more luck than judgment that we were we were insured for the right amounts and we're doing the right things.
0: Well, again,
1: so in the other way.
0: If there's any. Uh, you know, positive, dare we say, to sort of stem from this. It's the message that you've given there to every other repairer in the land or anyone else who's listening in, is um, just to check and double-check what, uh, you double know... Double-check.
1: Let's be over-insured
0: than under. Disaster yeah. policies, yeah. i cover. So, hey, g- g- great message and, and great thoughts, uh, Lee. Thank you for sharing that. You've obviously alluded a little bit into to March, and I'm not going to you too much on that, but... Um, is there sort of, you know, any one, if you like, business need or wish that you've got right now for you to sort of, all the auto vote to come back, you know, stronger? What might it be? If we'd have
1: had this a month ago, I would have said support from my work providers is what I need. That was my main worry about turning people off, that come when we reopen, we need work providers to support us and put volume back into us. Yep. That was my main, my main worry. But I've kind of... Ad- address that now. So what would I say would be, mate, uh, like the weather. My my biggest <laughs> uh, My biggest thing now is that because they're, they reckon they could rebuild a building within three to four months, subject to not having a bad winter, bad winds because they won't have to do the roof. So, my wish is that we don't have too harsh a winter, or especially the wind. We don't want any wind until April. We're
0: looking forward to a, a, a very mild uh, winter few months then for you. Yeah. So, uh, yeah. Okay, yeah. fair yeah. enough. That's
1: what we need, we need Right.
0: Let's, um, let's get you on the quick, quick quiz round. Slightly different, obviously, because of uh, circumstances um, yep. uh, and what we've been talking about today. But um, what one thing has a disaster taught you more than anything else?
1: Policies are important and processes.
0: Love it. There you go. Say no more. What one bit of advice would you give to fellow business owners out there to safeguard should disaster strike? Take your insurance thoroughly. Sum up those who have supported you in three words. Extremely thankful. Thank you. <laughs> That'll do. Um, and 2022. This isn't me prying again, by the way. I hasten to add, but 2022 <laughs> will be the year when LD Auto Vogue... Comes back. Stronger than ever. Oh, I love it. Oh, you're, you'll, be very, like <laughs> you'll, you'll be very tight-lipped. I'm going to get you I was a going minute. to say so rise right
1: to... from the ashes, but...
0: No, 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 to... no. Oh, God, no. Let's not go there. Crikey. Crikey. Hey, Lee, it's been absolutely fantastic to catch up with you, mate. And, um, you know, under not such great circumstances, but I'm so pleased that you're kind of navigating your way through yes. it all and uh, starting to see the light now at the other end. We are, mate. We are. Great to hear, buddy. Keep well, keep safe thank you. and uh, Cheers, Mark. catch up with you soon. On, Absolute pleasure, my friend. So there you have it, everybody. The story of how one business has managed best it knew how and how to cope with disaster. The roller coaster of emotions, the effect on relationships, the learnings, and now ultimately the reflection, and new path decided for the business. It's an exciting time ahead. Big thank you to Lee for sharing his story and what he discovered along the way. I'm sure there's something there for everyone to take note of. Just in case. This episode of the ARC360 podcast was sponsored by eBay and brought to you in association with corporate partners BASF, BMS, CAPS, Copart, Emacs, Integral, Enterprise Venticar, Innovation Group, Merca, Nationwide Vehicle Recovery Assistance, SNG Response, and Sherwin Williams, as well as our partners Aztec, the Green Part Specialists in Darsa, Prasco UK. You've been listening to the ARC 360 podcast. Thanks very much for joining us. We'll catch up with you again soon.